Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast, the game of the year episode. I'm your host, Roscoe Kennison. I'm joined by Mr. Paul Collett. Good evening, sir. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going good. I've just got my car back, so I'm quite happy. Your car? Yeah. Awesome. It cost me two and a half grand, but I got it back, so. Woo! <laughs> All because some, some stupid lawyer driver decided to turn a little bit too soon. And then scraped all the side of my car like an absolute bellend. So, uh... those, those pesky Everton fans. Well, they all, and the main United fan, not forgetting you, Mr. Roscoe. I know hey, you hate us all. We're all, we're all friends. Yes, we are. Yeah. We love each other. It's fabulous. We're all friends here. Man United have had a great week, so I'm okay. Yeah, you take that. It was, it was a good week. Good week. Yeah, damn. Uh, Mr. Greg Hicks. Hi, everyone. How's it going, man? It is all good. Yeah, can't really complain. Don't give a shit about football, so everything is good. Splendid. And of course, he's still alive, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. Hi, man. I'm going to calm it down a bit for you. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> I'm fine, good. thank you, Sonny Jim. All right, calm down. <laughs> okay, good. This is that a... sounds too happy about being alive, Sean, eh? How about that? <laughs> considering, considering you haven't played Death Stranding, you are bridging that life and death gap quite well. Yeah, they, they can't kill me. <laughs> they keep trying. Do we need to add context to this? No, no, let's keep him guessing. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, this is a calm, peaceful environment this for you, the, Sean. This is the ASMR Ooh. version for Sean. Ooh, sir. Ooh, sir. <laughs> bad boys, bad boys. But you're well, Sean. That's the important thing. Yes, I am alive. Thank you. Fantastic. Awesome. Right, we're going to get cracking because we've got a lot to cover tonight with what we've been playing. Sean, what have you been playing this week? I plugged in my new Xbox One. I oh, tried. Oh, my goodness. How did, yeah. how did it go? How are, how are people still playing on this thing? <laughs> I, I, I tell myself that every time I uh, every time I boot it up, Absolutely. but then I remember that I remember that I've got Game Pass. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll call it Game Pass this week. Yeah, the, that's the only good thing about Xbox right now, isn't it? Really, like I switch it on, I log in, I wait five minutes for it to actually start functioning. It takes seven button presses to start a game. <laughs> They're all hidden away in menus. There's no, there's no list of games. There is a list for shop and games pass. The, the UI is shit. The Hang console on, is shit. You just, you just failed oh, that already. Amen, brother. You just called it games pass after not after saying you weren't going to call it games pass. Uh, yeah, everybody, take a drink. Suck. You suck. Carry on. I'll never understand why they called it game pass. It's it's games. There's not just one fucking game in the game pass. It's <laughs> game, a games game pass. pass. Game pass sounds normal to anyone that isn't. From a mining town. No, it's just standard English. <laughs> if you're getting more than one game, you get a games pass. It's a plural, right? Sure, I'm with it's, it's like a hall pass. You don't get a halls pass in school. You no, get. No, you're only going down one hall. Because in America, <laughs> America, every schools have one hall. You don't Calm have down, a halls pass. Calm. Right. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Think the condition, Sean. Think of the condition. Yes. Rub your okay. earlobes or something. Jesus. Right. So the Xbox One is a fine machine once you get it working, which might be next year. But I've been playing one game on my Xbox One because that's the only one that will download. How the fuck have they not figured out how to download multiple games at the same time? Why are people downloading one game at a time on an Xbox One? Since when is this a thing? And why are the controllers still got batteries, for fuck's sake? Anyway, yeah, so... Why did Sean end up in hospital? Mm. I don't no know. Knows. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because his leg fell off. It's because I got an Xbox One. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine it is that? convenient timing. 
Yeah, well, to be fair, there was a lot of raging. There was a lot of raging. Uh, back to the original point. What is this one game you've been playing? Lonely Mountain Downhill. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's a great little game. Absolute cracker. If you if you like like downhill kind of racing, it's completely unlike anything else. It's it's like the skate of this generation. That's the way I'm describing it. Because you you you've got like a hill. You go from A to B, and you've got a little path where you can do it safely. But then you'll start seeing little little yeah. tricks and stuff you can do. And there's like the game pushes you to do it faster and faster to unlock new bikes and stuff. And all the lines and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, there's like there's just quite little... quite literally off the beaten track. Oh yes, some of them are like, okay, we're going to color this bit of ground green, and this will be it. It's a cliff that's green, and that means you can drive down it. And you're like, okay, and then you get to the bottom, and there's just fuck all there. You're just into the <laughs> into the air and dead. But it's a, a cracking game once you get it's 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 like skate because you try and you figure out like, okay, I'm going to try and do this way down the hill, and you'll fail and you'll fail and you'll fail, and when you actually nail it, you just want to like you know punch the sky and get a big mac and you know live your best life so yeah it's a great game i've also been playing a dead end job which i kind of messed up and it wasn't out last week it's out this week this friday so still can't talk about it but it's coming and i've also been playing guardians of the galaxy so i've decided to go through back through my entire telltale back catalog and i've been playing that and it's a lot better than i remember it being which is Good. I'm really enjoyed it this time round. Voice acting is good. Story's good. And I think because it wasn't kind of like the, the movie characters, I think there's been a suitable enough distance since it got into the Galaxy movie for me to enjoy it more. So yes, I've been enjoying that immensely. And that is what I have been playing this week. Fantastic. Thank you. I I didn't I didn't rate Guardians. Maybe I should jump back in. I, I think mm. it was when when I played it, I was like, this isn't Peter Quill. And now like. <laughs> <laughs> now, now there's been you know a suitable enough different. I, I think that the characters have got their own personality enough, mm. and yeah, it's a fun ride, and there's some good stories in there. And if you play, if you try to be a prick all the way through, it it's really funny. There's a moment between you and Rocket where you basically tell him to shut up over and over and over again, and it gets just funnier and funnier and funnier every time you do, and uh, mm. it's well worth a go. Cool. Nice one. Uh, Mr. Paul Collett, what have you been playing this week? What have I been playing? Uh, well, so I'm having a real hard time with gaming at the moment. I think I don't have a lot of time. And B, I'm struggling to uh, enjoy playing games at the moment. So I've kind of I, I ditched Ghost Week on Breakpoint. I sold that because it just wasn't cutting the rug. Sold Jedi Fallen Order because that was annoying me. And I've just sold a load of games I bought this year because I just thought I'm just not enjoying them. And I, I wanted to go back and do something a bit more fun. So... Believe it or not, I started to play uh, Mafia 3 again, which I'm really enjoying. Nice. Great, great soundtrack, that game. Absolutely stunning. And I've been playing the other Go Freak on game, what's it called? The first one. Um, Wildlands. That's it. Where does podcast be about me forgetting a game name? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I've been playing those two games because they just seem like a lot more fun than everything else that's out at the moment. I just, I just not, Jedi Fallen Order was great. It started off great, but then I just realised I was walking through fucking tunnels for the rest of the game. I was getting bored of it. So Yeah, and uh, Breakpoint was just like buggy and broken and looked like a pile of shit. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with games. Right? So I haven't played a lot, so I can't really uh, say that much. Which is probably, oh, that's okay. you know. <laughs> yeah, Breakpoint is a really weird, weird one, isn't it? It's very... It wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, I played the, the beta for a few days, mm. and... I kind of enjoyed it, and it was fun to bomb around the island and have a more division-esque experience than Wildlands. Well, this is, this is 
um, what I understand, I mean, division, you've got, if you want to grind out the XPs and stuff, you've got division flow. If you want like a bit of tactical, you know, warfare type stuff, then you've got, you know, Ghost Recon. But they've kind of, they're, they're trying to blend all their, Ubisoft's trying to blend all their games into one game. And they don't need to. They've got their own separate audiences, you know. And uh, mm. the, the biggest thing about Breakpoint is that he's only a single player. I mean, you, you can't. The thing about Wildlands was so good, and Ghost Recon, you know, games from the past, is that you could like dictate where you want your 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 powers to go, your AI powers, and you can set up some kind of strategic strategy strategy strategy, uh, and you know, and it makes a bit more kind of you know tactical. Whereas this is just like one man defeating the whole entire island. It's, it just oh, it didn't work. It started off great, yeah, you're right, but then it just got it, the, the world seemed very sterile. Do you know what I mean? It's like this kind of test site for something and it looked, looked like a pretty kind of you know pacific island but it's just very sterile all the buildings look very clean and it's, it didn't have much sort of life to it and it kind of kind of got really boring really quick which is a shame because i think i was quite excited for the sequel because i love the first game yeah. yeah yeah it does um it does a lot of things but other games do what it does better i think yes is the, absolutely it's the best way to describe breakpoint yeah cool cheers paul uh greg what have you been playing, sir? Uh, I finished Death Stranding. Hey! Yeah, I wouldn't celebrate too much. It was a bit a bit weak towards the end, but I'll get into that in a bit. Still playing Star Wars, which is pretty damn good. I'm quite enjoying it. It does have elements of, you know, every other third-person reboot, revisiting type game at the moment. Uh, like, it, it just reminds me very much of Tomb Raider with a lightsaber, which isn't a bad thing. It's got Can I ask a, a question mix. about Star Wars quickly? I've, I've, I've played it for a bit. I didn't, I didn't get particularly far. But every level I seem to play was in a, a wet, cave did it actually get any more kind of otherworldly than a wet cave yes but i can see why you think that because the first islands like zepho and kashik are pretty much well wet greenery greenery yeah yeah <laughs> there was a lot of mudsliding it, it got a bit ssx for me at some points but uh yeah no it's good i'm enjoying that um i won't give anything away story-wise but i'm I, it, it reminds me i mean it's, it's got a very metroidvania type feel to it and it's quite nice getting more abilities and being able to backtrack i don't know if i want to go through it all i mean I'm, i know it's quite an easy platinum it's just the sidetracking for all the extra gubbins and stuff but uh, i'm quite enjoying it at the moment i'm still playing that citadel fire uh, forge from fire game and oh, it's, it's, it's a fucking attrition i'm just really not enjoying it i've got it for review and i, I need to review it it just has no purpose to it um, the trailer is very misleading because it looks like it's this big mmo with something going on and i still can't figure out what i'm doing and recently i picked up hong kong massacre which is fucking incredible and it's on sale as well now on the store for like six pound fifty so go and do it it plays like hotline miami meets stranglehold like hard-boiled absolutely love it just been rinsing that for a bit and uh of course my friend pedro which is oh. again another bullet time i'm a real sucker for bullet time but yeah i've been playing that more and more so yes and again more on that in a bit awesome isn't it good yo yes Oh, it really is. You can read our review, actually, on fingerguns.net. My friend Pedro, which has just landed on Xbox Game Pass. Woo! So be sure to check that out. Yeah, that's been my week. Awesome. Uh, what have I been playing? I have been playing Ghostbusters, the video game, remastered. Uh, it's a game that I've had for a little while on my uh, on my console. Um, it's just kind of been sitting there. And the hype for yesterday's uh, trailer for Afterlife, Ghostbusters Afterlife, so you know what I'm going to go check out that Ghostbusters game finally and uh, yeah it's fun it's fun it's tougher than I thought it was going to be um, it's more in depth than I was expecting uh, particularly the uh, the ghost grabbing 
but it's uh, it's good fun. I love the uh, the dialogue. I love that it was written by you know Dan Aykroyd and Howard Ramis, and so it feels really authentic. And yeah, it feels like you're in the middle of a Ghostbusters movie, which is a lot of fun. It's been tricky in certain places. I was taking on a pirate man, and I got a bit lost in the hotel, but it was getting flooded with with water. But I found it in the end, and there were like candles chasing me, like spider candle things. Oh, that was, they, was, they are little horrible. bastards, little oh. bastards. <laughs> but yeah, so far it's uh, it's good fun. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Don't know if I'm going to jump back into it. I'll have to see what else I'm playing. I mean, I'm, I'm still playing Jedi, uh, still enjoying that. Tearing around underwater, it's always quite fun. Still, I'm still playing Shenmue. Still got a long way to go on Shenmue. Well, I haven't really. I don't think. I think I'm near the end now. Uh, my review is up on Vinkyguns.net if you want to have a nose. And that's about it, really. Yeah. Not much going on on my end in terms of gaming this week. I would talk about Fortnite again because that's what I'm doing, and I hate myself for it, but I can't put it down. It's really annoying. They keep and putting you got up... sucked back into it again, Ross. Oh, completely. Oh, why would you do that? <laughs> they keep doing like daily challenges, and I'm like, right, I'll put it down. Oh, there's a new daily challenge up. Okay, I'll go and check that out. And then it's like open 14 chests and ammo things in in Loot Lake. I was like, okay, or Lazy Lake. I'm like, okay, I'll, do, I'll go and do that. And of course, you go and do that. Everyone's doing it at the exact same time. So you just die. And then you die again. You die again. And it takes longer than you think it would because everyone's trying to do the same thing at the same time. And yeah, I realized that I just realized that I'm not very good at it, which is weird because I feel like I'm getting much better at it, but I'm still not good enough to to kind of survive in very busy areas. So Are you now speed building? Is that, is that now a thing you can do? My building isn't that bad. It's definitely nowhere near as good as certain people. I think the, the cross-play aspect has invited in PC players, and their building is insane. You know, they've got a mouse and keyboard. Mouse and keyboard so they yeah. can just they can shoot up an entire tower in seconds. And yeah, the balance isn't quite right yet. That, that's my excuse anyway. <laughs> Take it. Yeah. But yeah, so far it's fun. I mean, I've done everything the season can do now, so I'm looking forward to seeing the Rise of Skywalker stuff at the weekend. That should be quite fun. What exactly uh, is this? Is this is this like a is it just another a snippet of the film? Uh yeah, so what they're doing is they are hosting a live event on Saturday at six thirty our time, which is GMT obviously. Um I think it's like one thirty uh, EST if you're in America. And you all go to Risky Reels, which is the drive in cinema. And the game will stop, and they'll show a scene from The Rise of Skywalker on the big screen. Okay, oh. that, is, that is cool, but it, is this also going to be the situation where people can kill you? No, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't do any murdering whilst the uh, thing is on. Any live event, the whole game just sort of stops, and you just kick back and watch something. Okay, because it was that one guy that got like 50 kills on the, because he, he, he was during one of the rocket events, and yeah. they built like a tower up, and they just destroyed the bottom of the tower, and everyone fell to the death. Yeah, <laughs> and he racked, he yeah. racked up mega kills. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think since then Epic have gone right. We'll just pause the game and then we'll just do the live event, and uh, then everyone can carry on. Makes sense. So yeah, that's what that's what happens. So you can just go to Risky Reels and watch a uh, a scene from Rise of Skywalker this Saturday in Fortnite, which is just it's insane, man. Epic is so good at this sort of thing, these live events. Absolutely nailed it, in there. It's just crazy how impressive these things are and uh yeah that should be quite exciting so that's been my gaming week not an awful lot to report really right let's move on then to this week's quiz with mr sean davies thanks welcome, welcome to the 
Welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. As this is our Game of the Year edition, I thought I'd do a Game of the Year quiz. So it's based on awards that games that have won, uh, average Metacritics from years gone by, um, some pretty obscure award wins. So yeah, are you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you've never done this quiz before, I'm going to read out the questions now. There's 10 of them. Uh, all of these plonkers are going to participate, and then we're going to get a winner. Roscoe is currently way out in the lead with like 402 wins. Um, <laughs> and um, towards the end of the podcast, we'll read out the answers, and uh, we'll see how we all get on. So let's kick it off with question one. According to the Metacritic scores, what was the best game of 2018? Was it A, God of War, B, Forza Horizon 4, or C, Red Dead Redemption 2? So question one, according to the Metacritic scores, what was the best game of 2018? Was it A, God of War, B, Forza Horizon 4, or C, Red Dead Redemption 2? And we're going to say Forza, not Forza, because fuck you. I don't know anyone that calls it Forza. Unless uh, they're Italian, I suppose. Microsoft call it Forza. Yeah, that's what the name is. But Microsoft have got the shittiest AI I know that, I know that's the going, issue with going but... so, you know, what do they know? Okay, question two. According to the Metacritic scores, which company published the best games in 2018? Was it A, Sega, B, Capcom, or C, Nintendo? Sorry, I can have the question again. Of course you can. Question two, according to the Metacritic scores, which company published the average best game in 2018? Was it A, Sega, B, Capcom, or C, Nintendo? Question three. In 2017, which gaming platform had the best average Metacritic scores? Was it A, the PlayStation 4, B, the Nintendo Switch, C, PC, or D, Xbox One? I know which one it wasn't. Can you read that again, please? Yes. Thank you. Question three. In 2017, which gaming platform had the best average Metacritic score? Was it A, the PlayStation 4, B, the Nintendo Switch, C, PC, or D, Xbox One? I was going to leave that at three, but everybody knows it's not the Xbox One. <laughs> Question four. According to Metacritic, what was the best game of 2016? Was it A, Overwatch? B, Inside, or C, Uncharted 4? The question for, according to Metacritic, what was the best game of 2016? Was it A, Overwatch, B, Inside, or C, Uncharted 4? Okay, question five. Metacritic again. According to the average Metacritic score, which company published the best games in 2016? Was it A, Sony, B, Telltale Games, or C, Sega? 
Question five, according to the average Metacritic score, which company published the best games in 2016? Was it A, Sony, B, Telltale Games, or C, Sega? Question six, and the last one to be based on Metacritic scores because I got lazy. According to the cumulative Metacritic score, what was the best game of 2014? Was it A, Grand Theft Auto V, B, Super Smash Bros for Wii U, or C, The Last of Us Remastered? So question six, according to the cumulative Metacritic score, what was the best game of 2014? Was it A, Grand Theft Auto V, B, Super Smash Bros for Wii U, or C, The Last of Us Remastered? Hmm. That one's a tough one. Question seven. Which game won the Game BAFTA for Best Game in 2018? Was it A, Horizon Zero Dawn, B, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, or C, What Remains of Edith Finch? So question seven. Which game won the Game BAFTA for Best Game in 2018? Was it A, Horizon Zero Dawn, B, Hellblade, or C, What Remains of Edith Finch? Ooh, ooh worthy. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, question eight. Which console manufacturer was recently recognized by the Guinness Book of Records as the company that has sold the most consoles of all time? Was it A, Nintendo, B, Atari, or C, Sony? On the Guinness what? Guinness Book of Records. <laughs> B-E-W-K. B-U-K. Yes. Question eight. Which console manufacturer was recently released Recognized by the Guinness. Guinness. <laughs> Question eight: Which console manufacturer was recently recognized by the Guinness Records Company as the company that sold the most consoles <laughs> of all time? A. Nintendo. B. Atari. Or C. Sony. Question nine: Which developer won the the award for Developer of the Year at the 2015 Game Awards, hosted by Jeff Keighley? A, CD uh. Projekt Red. <laughs> Was it A, CD Projekt Red, B, From Software, or C, Nintendo? So, question nine. Which developer won the award for Developer of the Year at the 2015 Game Awards? Was it A, CD Projekt Red, B, From Software, or C, Nintendo? Okay. Final question. Question ten. What game won Game of the Year from the Golden Joystick Awards all the way back in 1986? Was it A, The Legend of Zelda, B, Gauntlet, or C, Alex Kidd in Miracle World? Oh, I love that game. What an amazing game. What an amazing year for releases. Yeah, I was released that year. Oh, I was just I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was also released that year. Me too. 
Oh, what the, like games of the year. Um, and I've got a tiebreaker, but I will save that in case we need it. Um, what was that question? Sorry, I got excited about the date. Ah, question 10. <laughs> what game won Game of the Year from the Golden Joystick Awards all the way back in 1986? Was it A, The Legend of Zelda, B, Gauntlet, or C, Alex Kidd in Miracle World? And that is your quiz. I don't think Alex Kidd would have won because it was so fucking difficult. Nobody wants, <laughs> nobody wants, nobody wants a game to win that they can't play. Yeah, everyone just gave, you know, everyone was like super high on it because everyone couldn't get past the first level, but everyone wanted to brag about getting past the first level. <laughs> oh, yeah, I completed it, yeah, mate, yeah. Game of the year, obviously. Yeah. Best first level. <laughs> Best of that, that transition of music when you land into the water and it starts that. It's on Spotify, by the way, the soundtrack. Nice. Yes, it is. In fact, it's actually in our Finger Guns podcast playlist. Yes, I think I put it there, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yay. Which you can now get on Spotify for free. A lot of very good, awesome video game music chosen and curated by your friendly neighbourhood finger guns. Right. Thank you very much, Sean. A pleasure as always. That's a tough one. Oh. Yeah. Makes a change. Shows how little I pay attention to awards. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I wrote this quiz like two hours ago. <laughs> and I was like, shit, it's game of the year. I'm just going to go through Metacritic. And then I got through six questions. I was like, shit, that's a lot of Metacritic questions. So like, let's switch it up. So, it's a lot yeah. of Metacritic questions. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's crack on then with our first bit of news. And before we jump into game of the year, we're going to very quickly go through some of today's announcements. Because today we had two directs from PlayStation and from Nintendo. PlayStation with their annual State of Play video and Nintendo's Indie World video. So we're going to go through State of Play first uh, very quickly. In State of Play, Untitled Goose Game, a wonderful Nintendo Switch game, is coming to PS4 and Xbox One on December the 17th. And if you are on Xbox One, it's coming to Game Pass. How about that? Just that one game on a Game Pass. Yeah, okay, sorry. It is Untitled Goose Game Pass now. Oh, very good. Yeah. Next up was uh, Spellbreak, which is getting itself a beta in spring 2020, which is a battle royale game. But it's all fantasy and magic and spells and stuff rather than guns. So does that sound like something you could get into, Greg? Well, we all know my stance is on sort of battle royales anyway. I'm not really a massive fan. But then what was that? Um, Was that martial art one called? Absolver. Yes. That was quite good as a concept. So yeah, I mean, if they're trying to do something new with the... I know Absolver wasn't a battle royale as such, but you know what I mean? Like a, an online uh, arena. Not arenas, you know what I mean? You can fight other people in it and stuff like that. So if they're going for something different, then yeah, always, uh, always want to give it a try if it's on Game Pass. <laughs> it probably will be. Then we finally have a full release date for Dreams, and it's coming on Valentine's Day 2020. I've picked up the early access on this, so as far as I'm aware, that does transfer to the full release. Uh, okay. When it comes out. So that's pretty cool. Looking forward to jumping in that. That trailer was amazing. Isn't that also the release date for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Yes. Yes, it is. Wow. Uh, Dreams a... and Sonic on the same day. Wow, it's like being in the 90s. <laughs> Sorry, uh... wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sonic and Dreams Day. Following that was a game called Superliminal, which looks like a Sean Davies joint, if ever I've seen one. Oh, for yeah. sure. It looks like the Spectrum Retreat, but with 
perspective puzzles. Ooh. Sean, did you see this one? I did. I've been keeping an eye on this one for a long time because it recently came out on PC and I checked whether it would play on my laptop and it wouldn't. And I was devastated because it looks <laughs> very cool. Oh, I um, I saw the trailer for that on Facebook and it looked properly mind-blowing. Like picking up the cube, well, picking up something, holding it above you and it would drop down into that shape, essentially, that, that um perspective shape. Yeah. I thought that was incredible. I was just watching it going, what? And then the the bit where they've got, um oh, the doors. Have you seen that one who's clicking on the doors and it keeps duplicating them like dominoes? Yeah. And then presses, I was like, wow, how do you come up with that concept? I mean, I thought Portal was mind-blowing in the day, so. It's reviewed really weirdly. It's like some people just haven't clicked with it at all, but I think it's, you know, if, if you're into those kind of games, if you're into like the Spectrum Retreat and, you know, the Bradford, Bradwell conspiracy and all that kind of stuff, then yeah, you'll get, you'll get along with it. So yeah, yeah fingers crossed. It reminds me of that game, a game that everyone like it, like it got critically praised and everyone loved it, and I like, absolutely hated it. Uh, what was it called? It was called Everything, where oh, you yeah. play as like this. You can play from like the smallest possible molecule in the Earth's atmosphere. Oh yeah, Do you, when you become Up like until, four-legged animals, and, you roll like wooden toys, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, I. If that was art, I didn't understand it. No, it was one of those. I mean, you've got things like Journey and um, Flower and all that, and then, yeah, everything was just bizarre. I think the bit that made me laugh was watching some gameplay footage of it. Like I said, they were a deer, and I was like, oh, okay, and it just started rolling like a wooden block toy, and I was like, oh, is it like a Katamari-type game? Is it? I, I don't get it. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's it's whatever it is. You know, you can be anything in it, and, yeah, I didn't get it, but people right. loved it. Anyway, tangent, sorry. Uh, moving on to a VR game, the only VR game that they showed in this thing, which is weird. Paper Beast, which is coming out in 2020. Um, looks very, again, very arty. Very um, deep, but looks pretty cool. Sean, did this one take your fancy as a VR game? It did, and it's from the creator of Another World. Yes. And all of the previews that have happened so far have been really positive about it. Uh, they got a load of really good press out of PAX West and PAX East. So... I'm quite looking forward to this one. It looks interesting. It certainly does. Following that then, in January 2020, Kingdom Hearts 3, Kingdom Hearts 3's first DLC, uh, Remind, is coming. It looks very much like Kingdom Hearts. Don't know what else there is to say about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if we're into Kingdom Hearts 3, that's when it's coming out. A whole year after the initial release. How bizarre. Uh, following that then, we finally got a release date for Predator Hunting Grounds. That's coming out on April the 24th. 2020, nestling right in between The Last of Us and Cyberpunk 2077. I would say, though, um, I know obviously those two are big games, but given that we've only played, well, I did because Sean had unfortunately had to watch, I got to play the beta. Well, was it a beta, Sean, or was it just a demo at EGX? Um, it was Alpha. It was Alpha? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, give it a chance. It's not as terrible as Evolve, and I don't, I don't mean that as like a backhanded, like, you know, like, oh, I'm trying to be witty. I mean, it is, it's it got potential to be good. Instead of, the, like, you being a fire team <laughs> taking out the Predator, it's you as a fire team whilst being hunted by the Predator. It's got good potential. It would have been, I would, I'd give it more praise if the Predator that was playing with us wasn't shite and actually in, added a sense <laughs> of uh, challenge because we sort of pretty much breezed through it like a prune and a laxative sandwich. But, yeah, it was, um, it's, it's got potential. Give it a go. Yeah, it looks, it looks a lot of fun. Looks like one of those games we put on our uh, never-ending multiplayer list. Yeah, like World War Z. And <laughs> can, can I? Can I just? Did you just say like a prune on a laxative sandwich? Yeah. That is. I'm stealing that one. That is amazing. 
That's all right. I've started somewhere else, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's all right. Recycling, <laughs> recycling jokes is what I do. Uh, following that, we got a look at Babylon's Fall, which is, again, a 2020 game. It uh, looks pretty cool. Again, another Sean Davies joint, I think. Uh, yeah, it, it, it got a kind of a, a From Software vibe from it, mm. but like Platinum uh, it Games could be more is... Of a, could be more of a Greg joint then, possibly. Maybe. I, yeah, it... I, I suddenly I, I jumped into State of Play and I caught the end of that as they were all doing their big pose at the end and went, oh, oh that looked good. <laughs> I I don't think that's coming to PlayStation 4, I'll be honest. Oh. That that There was no platforms announced and they said more information next year. I think that's going to be a, a next-gen launch title myself. Oh, interesting. Cool. We'll keep an eye on that one then. Following that... We got some news about, uh, what's it, Resident something? I don't know. Well, originally it was Project Resistance. This is the bit, this is the bait and switch that got me. And I was pretty much live chatting you guys about it because I was amazed. Because the, the little voiceover woman was like, oh, before we go, here's a little bit of Project Resistance, which uh, I don't know if anyone's aware is the proposed multiplayer a la Left 4 Dead uh, Resident Evil that's coming out, which I wasn't really keen on because we've had umbrella core and what was the terrible one before that operation raccoon city so i didn't have my hopes high for that so they were like oh here's a bit more um gameplay footage now bear in mind last week then or yeah this week they announced resident evil 3 is getting a remake but i didn't right so when they started doing that that footage and oh here's, here's a clip of some gameplay stuff it was first person and it was somebody being chased by presumably a tyrant I was like, okay it's gonna be like another dead island it's gonna this is gonna be one of those things where the trailer looks better than the game and then when the character jumps out of the room and someone goes, hey, Jill, I was like, oh, is she going to be like a support character or something? And no, it turns out that Project Resistance is going to be the add-on, comp- uh, sorry, the multiplayer component to Resident Evil 3, the remake. Mm. So it's coming bundled with Resident Evil 3, which is amazing because I wouldn't have bought it standalone. But the fact, oh, that yeah. they've tied it, the fact that they've tied it in or they're hopefully going to tie it into Resident Evil 3 is pretty awesome. Hopefully, the, they, they've showed the mercenaries going to be there as well, but they were a part of the story, like Mikhail and Carlos and all that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the fact that it's going to get bundled with Resident Evil 3 as a multiplayer component is pretty cool. And yeah, so Resident Evil 3 has got its release date April 3rd next year. Woo! April 3rd, 2020 for Resident Evil yep. 3. I did like that. She went, um, and now a quick look at the campaign aspect of Project Resistance. Oh, she said the single-player part of Project Resistance, didn't she? And, everyone, yeah. and I, I think everyone reading some of the comments afterwards were like, hang on, single-player? <gasps> oh, my God, you got us! <laughs> it's Resi 3! Yeah, yeah so people are buzzing for that. That's going to be great. April 3rd, again, another crazy release date. Finally, we got <laughs> the quickest of looks at Ghost of Tsushima with nothing else apart from to say, you can watch the rest of this trailer at the Game Awards. It was like a tease before a tease, wasn't it? Fuck off, I'm not watching a teaser for a trailer. I thought the, the graphical quality, I know it's a trailer, but considering how good it looked on the announcement trailer, I thought this one looked a bit more Dynasty Warriors and not what could possibly be pushing the PS5. So I really hope they pull something out of the bag on that one. I don't want another like watchdog scenario. Yeah, I assume they're, they're hyping it up. I'm assuming there's going to be a release date attached to the actual trailer. Uh, I'd imagine uh, so. If, they're, if, they've, if they're this confident, they can do a teaser for a trailer before a trailer, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, that's the last, uh, the big Sony, last big Sony exclusive that we don't know about yet mm. in terms of release dates. So I'm assuming Jeff Keighley in his infinite fucking wisdom has pulled that one out of the bag. So now I have to watch the Game Awards. <sighs> Did Jeff Keighley steal a girlfriend or something? Because you really don't like him, do you? Oh, mate. I don't want to talk about it. Right now. <laughs> it's a different time. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a different podcast, man. Uh, right, yeah, so that was the last date of play of 2020. Not bad. Lots of cool stuff still on the horizon for PS4. Uh, going up to Nintendo's Indie World, which was about 6 p.m. this evening. Uh, there's a few more games, so I'll try and get through this as quick as possible. First up was Sports Story, which is a sequel to Golf Story. And Golf Story was fan-fucking-tastic. So I'm very much looking forward to this. You can now play tennis, and you can play football and all sorts of different games along with golf so that's very exciting another lovely rpg looking forward to that and then we got a look at streets of rage 4 which is coming to switch early next year of course everywhere else as well and then a game called Gleamlight, where you play as a sword nope okay is that is that cutting edge gameplay do you think hey, hey. Oh, he's still away. Oh, college. Oh, I said there I was back up about half an hour ago, but, you know, uh, <laughs> you know. There he is. Uh, and then we got a game called Bacon Switch, which looks like Overcooked mixed with other games. And, yeah, looks fun. Going to keep an eye on that one. And then we got a game called Super Mash, where you can make your own video games coming in May 2020. Looks pretty rad. It's got a procedurally generated campaign, so that should be quite fun. Um, announcement that a Talos Principle Special Edition is coming out today on this Switch, which is, of course, Tuesday when we're recording this. And then Cell Forth looks like a sailing game coming out in 2020. Dauntless, which looks unbelievable. How is that running on, on a Nintendo Switch? I can't believe it. It is out today and it is free to download. And there was a quick look at the game's paid DLC <laughs> in the trailer. So if you want to have a nose at that, that's available now. Um, then there was a very pretty game called Murder by Numbers, which is designed by the same guy that designed Tattable Boyfriend. So if you can imagine that style, it's got a real kind of RPG element to it. Kind of a murder mystery that's coming out in 2020. And then Oddworld! Stranger's Wrath HD got announced for Nintendo Switch. That's coming out in 2020. Sean, are you going to play Oddworld again on Switch? You know I will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Looking pretty good. And then we got an announcement that Skatebird is coming to Nintendo Switch as well. That very highly anticipated indie. At the end of next year, there's still a bit of a wait on Skatebird. But yeah, late 2020 was the announcement that we got. And then there was a game called Liberated, which looks freaking awesome. I'm not going to lie to you. Black and white platformer, kind of 2D style, but very cyberpunk, all hand-drawn, kind of meshing with comic book styles. It looks very, very smart. I'm looking forward to playing that. And then we got the announcement that Boyfriend Dungeon is coming out in 2020 on Nintendo Switch. And then a game called Dreamscaper, which is due early 2020. Looks very, very pretty. Kind of a bit of a big old 3D RPG. Looks like something I could probably get into. And then the Survivor Lists, which is made by Team 17. Obviously, the guys who made The Escapists have built themselves a building crafting game in the Escapist universe. But you're on, you're on a uh, deserted island this time instead of a prison. So that was quite cool. And then we got the big announcement at the end of Direct. One more thing. Axiom Verge 2. Very exciting. Anyone else excited for that? I never What's played the first one, it looked one? good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Everybody at the same time! <laughs> Axiom Verge is a brilliant game. And if you get the chance to have a go, I highly recommend it. I believe it's on Game Pass, and it's also on the Epic Game Store, and obviously everywhere else as well. It's excellent. So that was Nintendo's Indie World presentation. Again, the last one before 2020. So, that's all the announcements. Did I miss anything? Nope. Nailed it. Well done. Sweet. Done that right. very well indeed, actually. Bravo, Ross. Thanks, man. Right, let's go into the main topic of our podcast this week. Game of the Year. Now, fair to say, 
it's been a very good year for video games and our game of the year choices will attest to that we've each chosen three games and honorable mentions if you do want to go and look at the more our big article our game of the year article will be available on the website as soon as this podcast is available so you have like a companion to listen to whilst you're going through our game of the year choices on the website which is what this podcast is all about so we're going to go one by one around everyone why they chose the games they chose and their honorable mentions and any games that they may have been a little bit hesitant to leave off but just didn't quite make the grade in the end so i'm going to start with mr sean davies hi hi welcome to the finger guns game of the year podcast thank you very much for introducing me you're very welcome let's do it so my trio of game of the year picks are control firstly it is quite frankly the best game i've played this year it is the product of a team all pulling in the same creative direction from art to sound to game design to level design to architecture every single thing in that game is designed around creating this lynchian mystery which is is quite frankly just brilliant and if you've not played control you know it's not so brilliantly which is really surprised me but you know if if you've not played it i highly advise going out and picking it up it's one of these games that does that tells you just enough to keep you wanting to play but doesn't reveal all of its cards ever. It's one of these games that's just like constantly providing little mysteries, even if it's just in the environment, like pictures of Jesse Faden, the new director, already up on the wall, a, a, a balloon locked inside a room under strict obs- observation. It's it's just a, a really fun, strange game and one of the best I've played this year. My second pick is Apex Legends. So I know a battle battle royale game why would i pick a battle royale game but before this game came out battle royale was basically fortnite or it was uh pubg and pubg was and still is a bit crap and fortnite is all about chucking up buildings as fast as you possibly can and looking like gingerbread man and and eight balls and shit when apex legends came out it was kind of revolutionary because it introduced so many things from other genres into this one get into this one genre which which was still in its infancy it introduced respawns it introduced pings and contextual chat heroes and skills um it, it encouraged squad based play that so that if you didn't go into squads you didn't end up falling in four different corners of the map you dropped together it was revolutionary and it's still pushing the envelope with these things. You know, there's still things that it does better than everyone else else who's tried to copy them. You know, Fortnite's doing respawns now, but it's still not as good as Apex Legends. Um, And I still think it's the best battle royale for your money because it's just so fluid and it just feels so much better to play for an old cod head like myself. And my third pick is Sayonara Wild Hearts. So as a game... (laughs) <laughs> yeah so as a game it's only a couple of hours long it's just a thrill ride from beginning to end there's you know it's it's not something that can be described unless you experience it for yourself because it's it's a, such a weird game to play whereas it's like a combination of music and art and rhythm and you know the gameplay is nothing massively to write home about but combined it's such a lovely package and the way that i kind of described it in um, my game of the year write up on the site is that it's it's like an album and it's like one of these albums that people describe as all killer and no filler because that's how long it is it's a it's the length of an album 
but it is just a banger after banger after banger. And it's constantly inventive and it's constantly surprising. And it is, it, it, it's really got a nice story to it as well once you get to the end of it. But it, it's, and you know, it's not, it doesn't take too long to experience it. So if you've not tried it, I mean, it's on Apple Arcade, is it on Games Pass or Game Pass? Sorry. But if, <laughs> if, if, if you've day, not experienced it, I'll get it right one day. I won't, I won't ever get it right. It's fine. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's just a game that I think everyone needs to play. It's just a couple of hours long and it won't take any any length of time out of your, your day just to complete it and experience it for yourself because it's great. So for my honourable mentions, I've picked Astrologaster, which um, came out on PC this year and I think is heading to Nintendo Switch at some point. I don't, I don't know if they've announced that yet or not, or even if it's true. I just heard a rumour that it was. So basically, you play as the astrologer Sam Foreman, who, in the time of Bill Bill Shakespeare, was trying to solve people's ailments based on their astrology signs and their their star readings. And it is genuinely the funniest game I have played in years. I'm talking since Tales of the Borderlands, I haven't laughed this hard. It is just genuinely funny. And it's got like a musical... um, theme songs that go alongside it it is just so funny and i would highly advise that everyone check it out uh so second honorable mention is for children and mortar if you want to read more about that i've got a review up on the website i gave it nine out of ten it is genuinely a really good roguelike and i don't say that about roguelikes very often because i've genuinely come to hate them because like i don't know how many times i've played roguelike and played the same start of the the game like 20 times because I've died and you have to go back and try it again and try it again. Children of Mortar is different. It tells you a story, even if you're crap at the game. And even if you're not putting your effort in, you can lie down on the sofa and put put half effort in and still really get a lot out of that game. And that's what's so great about it. It's not constantly pushing you to be on the edge all the time. And the story it tells is brilliant. It's all about the family, um, the Bergsons and their relationship with one another. And it's it's a really touching game that's all wrapped up in this beautiful pixel art. And it's a really odd pitch to say a pixel-based, uh, roguelike, um, top-down, twin-stick shooter would be a game of the year pick. But it, it's just really, really good. It's like I described it in my review as the roguelike to end all roguelikes. And my last honourable mention, and I'll shut up in a second, is Horace. So Horace came out beginning of this year and I spoke to the developer, Paul Hellman, uh, like two years ago. He'd been developing this game for seven years of his life. And what he, he was inspired by the indie game movie. He said he wanted to create the game that he's always wanted to play. And so many times have I spoken to developers and they've said, I'm, I'm developing the game I want to play. And what they don't know is the game they want to play already exists. They just haven't found it yet. It's like, they because they're a developer, they just don't play that many games and they haven't found the game they want to play. With Paul Hellman's game, I honestly think that his game is entirely unique. It's a pixel-based platforming cinematic game that is constantly changing. The gameplay is unlike anything else I've seen before, but you, if you look at it in a video or a GIF, it looks exactly like every other game. But then you've got like arcade games where it turns into OutRun and Space Harrier. And you've got parts where you're inflated and walking on ceilings and you've got changing gravity. It's genuinely constantly evolving 
and it's one of the smartest games out of this year. It's not perfect, you know, and it is very charming, but also it could have done with a bit more time in the oven. But then, again, absolute highly recommended from me, and that is my Game of the Year spiel. Thank you for listening to me. I will now shut up. Sean Davies, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Amazing that was stuff. quite something. I was surprised to see Apex in there. I didn't know you had played it all that much. Oh, yeah, yeah. I played loads. Yeah. Okay. No, no sorry. You just don't talk about it. That's all. I, I don't I talk about all of, my games. You just sort of do it quietly, like under the radar. I won't tell them about Apex. Well, that's that's just for me. <laughs> if, if we if we had to go through my what I've been playing, my secret. actual list, list every week, we'd be here all freaking week. And you know it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm not going to bore you with uh, Apex while you bore me with Fortnite. Boom. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. Game of the Year slash Confessions podcast. <laughs> Damn! All, All right. right, this is the last podcast I mentioned Fortnite. All right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> until season two starts. Until, right. until the ne- until the next two weeks. <gasps> All right then, Greg. What are your Game of the Year choices? Ah, I'm glad you asked. Now I'm not as verbose as uh, Sean on this, so I'm going to keep mine sort of short and sweet. Uh, I'm going to start with my honourable mentions first, because I want to get my sort of, not negatives, but, you know, the ones that just missed it out of the way. Uh, So my first one is Days Gone, which, like I said, you even said this, you forgot it came out this year, which pretty pretty much sums up how how much it pretty much dropped by the wayside after it was released, which is kind of annoying, really, because when it it was first announced, I thought it was just like a Horde-based shooter, in the mold of Left 4 Dead, and I just thought, oh, all right, a lot of zombies on screen. Cool, what's the point? And then when it actually did come out, it was a really good sort of character-based story. Like, you start off with Deacon St. John, and you think he's a dick because he's a biker. I'm not saying all bikers are dicks, but he's got that persona where you just think he's out for himself. Obviously, his, his wife has died, and he's coming to terms with that, but he just acts like a dick to everyone else. And as it goes on, it, it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. Sort of the middle game was fun. Building your bike was good. There are some twists and turns and it was quite nice so i'm not it's not really a massive spoiler because it's actually in the text in the game but i didn't realize ben studios was originally 989 studios which who made uh, the siphon filter games so it was quite nice to link that as the as the virus which was quite cool but it suffered that same problem that my next honorable mention and red dead redemption 2 did as well that the end game just really dragged on and that just took me out of it just really just lost that sense of I, i wanted to finish it for the sake of finishing it not in a not in a positive way, like, oh, I can't wait to see the end. It was just like, come on, get it done. Which leads me to my next honourable mention, which may come as a surprise to some people, but was Death Stranding. Now, I know... Oh, I didn't yeah. know you played this. Yeah. What's a know. Death Stranding? I haven't got time to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> um, something to do with whales. Not the country. The mammals. Wait, are whales mammals? I'm like a fucking idiot if they're not mammals. Where's mammals? <laughs> yeah, let's just say the mammals will move on. Okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 as we all know, I've been hyped for it since launch. It's, it was wacky, it was weird, and it still was. And it's, it's a very incredible feat of gaming, and it's a very good experience. Uh, I really enjoyed what I played of it, and getting to, into the story and the traversal and the sense of isolation, which is really sort of juxtaposed with the networking side of things. Like you are alone in this world, such doing your deliveries, but you have this network of other players that you can build stuff with. So that was good. Again, like Days Gone, it just suffered from 
typical Kojima bullshit where the 20 minute ending could have what well, it, it what could have been made like a 20 minute conclusion was the best part of three hours to, to wrap up the game and it got to the point where i was just like come on yeah, yeah I, I figured this out a while back like yeah i get it come on come on come on you don't need to tell me everything don't oh here we go it, it ran the credits three times so it's just it's just bumps really yeah i mean the problem is i own it now i mean obviously I, I like buying physical games and it's in my collection to say yeah i've got death stranding i don't know if i'm ever going to pick it up again but i don't want to trade it in because then i'll go oh that was something so yeah it, it was good I mean, i'm not telling people not to play the game i've probably just written it off for a lot of people but yeah it just it hasn't got that replayability to me i mean yeah there's probably a few trophies i can go and finish some deliveries but i kind of be arsed Otherwise, yeah, good game. So yeah, that's the negatives out of the way. Cool. My, I can my... confirm that whales aren't mammals because they give birth to live young. They I have thought fur, so. They but have lungs was... and breathe air and they provide milk for their young. So yes, they are mammals. I know, but it was like me trying to spell narcissist the other week. So I got stage fright. Now I know how <laughs> now I know how kids in American spelling bees feel. Oh, imagine. Oh, Christ. I'm just glad none of you saw me wet myself. Um, anyway, so yeah, my my three games of this year surprising no one at number one is resident evil 2 remake um i've waxed lyrical on pretty much every other podcast about how great this game was so i'm not gonna bore you to death with it but it was fantastic and we can obviously tell from my excitement for the wreath remake three three make <gasps> i'm calling it that um wreath remake three make yeah so <laughs> yeah I, I mean it was just it didn't take anything away from the original game it didn't tread on it it just paid due respect and and tribute to it you know it didn't try and reenact the corny dialogue um it it kept it modern but still set in 20 year ago time frame it was so you didn't have modern sort of colloquialisms that we've got now and it was still dated technology and all that kind of stuff but it looks fantastic it plays fantastic and if you were to go in as a fan of the series, then you will be pleasantly surprised. If you weren't aware of the series and just had it as a jumping point, you could go far wrong. So, yeah, that's number one. Uh, number two is going to be Sekiro, which uh, I know a lot of people are going to be thinking, like, how many times have I lost my temper to this game in podcast and the actual game itself? But the fact that I kept going back to it and only finished it recently says volumes for the game that I can't. As in, it was so. I mean, it is enjoyable, you know, in a in a god, this is frustrating kind of way. But I wanted to see it through, unlike like Days Gone, where I just went, oh, fine, I want to do it. Sekiro, I wanted to finish because the story was interesting. It was a nice take on the the fables and the folklores of sort of Japanese ghosts and and uh, resurrection and you know the divine childs and dynasty and stuff like that. Not dynasty, that's China. But the, the fact that it was wrapped up in this difficult game made me want to carry on doing it. Like I said in my in my piece in the article, if it was just a terrible game that was hard, I wouldn't want to play it. Like I bought that Left Alive from Squaresoft or Squeenix even, and that was diabolical. That just handled badly, and it was a terrible game. Whereas Sekiro, it's I mean it's a difficult game, but it's your fault if you can't do it. So it makes you want to go. No, I I won't let this game beat me. I know I bought it twice, but I I really want to see it through, and I've still got it. I might go back to it one day. So it, it's a testament that a game's so annoying because I've I've done Bloodborne and Dark Souls three, so I wanted to see this through. So it's it's definitely strong enough to make me want to buy it again to see it through, and 
visually it's very impressive as well. But uh, yeah, don't expect an easy ride with that one. And my third one, it's a bit bit of a cheat really because I've only been playing it for the last couple of well last week since it's been on Game Pass. But I've been looking forward to this when I played it with you, Ross, at Res, and when it was announced. It's been in it's been in an, oh, sort of development for a couple of years because it was based on a Flash game from 2014. But uh, my friend Pedro on on well now the Switch and the Xbox, which is just Woo! this yeah exactly. You can read Ross's review about it actually, which he scored it quite highly as well. It's fantastic. It's this wacky platformer where you can jump off walls, dodge bullets, jump and dive around in slow mo, and you can dual wield pistols and target one and target another and cross fire across each other. And you can kick. Um, knives at people and squash them with barrels it's peak devolver it's peak wackiness it's got a banging sort of soundtrack it just i'm not gonna say it reminds me of hotline miami because it's difficult or anything it just it's that kind of it's got lateral sort of puzzles inbuilt to the gameplay but it doesn't detract from that so you can still dive around levels blowing stuff up and the emphasis is on i don't know if you twigged this when you were playing or else but to get like the higher ranks you've got to do it quick there's no standing around it's just you know dive through a window do a spin dodge some bullets dive over someone's head blow a barrel up shoot two guys at once jump on a hook you know and do that in a blink of an eye so it's it's that rinse and repeat of going back and doing better scores for yourself yeah that that's pretty much my my picks of this year hard a shooting zombie one and a hard shooting platformer nice all very worthy choices Very cool yeah of, of the two games that you've spoken about most this year it is sekiro and resident evil so there you go. Yeah, I suppose if we were doing, I mean, I know Sarah's got a little bingo card, but if we actually did like a smash cut of all the times I said Resident Evil and Sekiro in this podcast, I think it'd probably be like an hour total, I think. Could we not add <laughs> in um, Death Stranding there as well? Because yeah. like, in recent months, you've been mentioning that. Um, yeah, because it was coming out in recent months. Well, I'm not saying. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, all three games you've not stopped talking about, so it's a good, you know. Oh, I'm sorry for being enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> What, what? What? I know. No, no, no. I'm just saying. It's, like, it's good that the ones you've been talking about, the ones you're like choosing to game of your year. That's what True. I'm saying. They lived up to expectations. Yeah, apart from just running. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Paul Collins, your game of the year Hello. choices, please. Um, okay, so as I mentioned earlier, I've not had much time to play a lot of games, so I've not got anything particularly vast library to choose from. But there's a couple of games for that to me that I've played this year, um, and they are kind of like ones I like to go back to now and again because they're just good fun games there's no kind of pretentiousness to it it's just a, you know it's a video game it's fun it's what it's all about so first choice is blood and truth on the psvr this is done by the same people done the london heist in the uh, psvr demo disc and and as a, as a game in vr uh it's it's just unbelievable it just obviously being in vr it just sucks you right in you know you've got like dual welding you know your little uh, move controllers and you, do, you feel like splinter cell you feel like sam fisher is sometimes you know, you're sneaking through all these levels, uh, and that, the, the gunplay's great, the graphics are great, the acting's great. The, the clever thing that, that London Studio managed to do is to keep the uh, non-player characters' eyes focused on you, which is something that doesn't always happen in VR. So it really brings you into this this whole kind of uh, conversation mechanic. So you, you, know, you have a conversation with your, your family, and uh, they're all looking at you as if they're actually there. And it's, it's a very subtle but very clever trick and it's uh it just really just brings like, the game to life um i don't know what else to say about it it's just it's just you know you have to play it i mean you know there's levels when you're climbing scaffolding there's levels when you're on uh like blowing up jumbo jets and it's all in vr can you imagine it's just it is so so impressive what it's done and if uh vr is going to be part of ps5 then london studio need to get involved and uh make a another london highest or another game similar to it because 
it is um, it's definitely up there game of the year. And I, and one, it's, to be fair, it's the only game I've actually fully completed 100% this year. So, you know, and I don't really do that that often. So that's a good good game. Love it. And the second game is quirky little little indie game I found on the iPhone. It's called Assemble with Care. It, it's it's a funny old game. It's like it's, it's a very short game. Life you baby an hour, maybe two hours max. And you basically follow the story of this, this woman who can fix things as she goes to this island, this fictitious European city or island, and she has to fix things. Now, all the game is, you've got an object, you can take it all apart from the screws, the wires, everything that's involved in this object, you can take it apart, you can lay them down in perfect OCD kind of positions, so it all looks nice and tidy, and then you have to then figure out how it how it works, how to get it back together, how to fix it, and all the while you can turn the models around in 3D and swipe and, and all this kind of thing, and it's it's just a fascinating little game, it has a narration, there's a story between each of these things you can fix, but it's narrated, so you it just feels like a really nice, calming, sedate game. So all the way from all the explosions, all the guns, all the lightsabers. It's just a nice to, to take a step back, go on this little journey of this woman who can fix things. And just it's just so kind of, I can't think of the word, is it niche or something? Or If Shabby Chic was a game, then this would be it, if that makes any sense. It's... Um, it's a nice. charming little game. Like it's that. very, very relaxing. Jesse Jones has a, a guest line in it and um i do hope there's a sequel or there's chapters because they are kind of like little stories in their own little right so a chapter two or chapter three i think would just be amazing especially on the phone because if you're a train journey or you're stuck in a, a hospital waiting room or whatever it is you can put you put this game on and you can just sort of disappear for a little while and just you know just do things that calm things down it's very relaxed it's such a good game i don't think it'd work too well on a ps4 or like a big console because it's I think it's it's nature works so well with a little small screens. So it's more of a personal experience, and it's just something you can just sort of sit there and just take part in. It's a charming, charming game, and I love it the bits. And I really hope there is a sequel. And a final game of my choices is Blazing Chrome. This is a no no other word to describe it. It's a complete clone of the Contra games from Konami. Sixteen um, bit graphics. Uh, it is just a clone. But what what it is it's done it better if that's possible it's still hard as now but it's captured the essence of the 16-bit era uh, with the pixel work and given some of the extra power the ps4 has you can some effects in there which add to the game um it's just it's a game i go back to quite often just for a quick half hour blast because uh it's so much fun and it does remind you you know of your youth if you're as old as me at least uh where you're going to you know, these horrible arcades that are just smothered in fag butts and sweaty beer and all that kind of thing. But, you know, uh, the music is on point. You know, it, it may not be particularly original. It may not be like, you know, the greatest games that have been made. But as a, as a game that, uh, I don't know, captures the essence of an era, then this Blazing Chrome definitely deserves a mention because it is a lot of fun, even if it is as hard as, you know, I don't know, hard as something hard. But yeah, that's my my third choice. <laughs> Run out of words there. Honourable mentions. First one being Star Wars Fallen Order. Uh, even though I just told you I sold it, I quite enjoyed it at the start. It's a game that um, you, you, you may not be quite so uh, runs the mill like Tomb Raider or God of War is. It's a little bit more niche than that. The developers have done have managed to capture the essence of a Star Wars world. Um, you feel like you're in a Star Wars story. It feels like it's part of the... Uh, the, the games and the films have already come out and it draws you into that kind of whole universe. And that's, that's something that 
some games struggled hard to do because, you know, Star Wars is such a big thing and to come along and say, hey, man, let's throw a Star Wars game out. Everyone go, woohoo. But if it doesn't feel like you're in Star Wars, then it's just, you know, it's just not Star Wars. So definitely credit for that. I mean, it's not my kind of cup of tea. It was a little bit too backwards and forwards in, you know, quite buggy in places. But it's definitely worth mentioning just because of what Respawn have done to involve you and draw you into the Star Wars universe. So that's a, that's a, that's a uh, worth, definitely worth mention. And my final game is Tetris 99. I played this uh, Ross's, Ross's recommendation, funny enough. Uh, and uh, what an absolute genius idea. I mean, last year, my game of the year was Tetris VR, whatever it's called, I can't remember. Tetris Effect. Tetris Effect, thank you. And I was so happy to put Tetris as my game of the year. I mean, who the fuck? Tetris, you know what I mean? But uh, So Tetris here again, this time we played against 99 other players, and that's just... Pure genius, if you ask me, and uh, you know, and it's Tetris. You just just can't go wrong with Tetris. It's such a sound, solid game that you can't not break it. And all 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 that's happened is it's been developed, it's evolving, and it's not been left behind in the Game Boy era. And it deserves a special mention because it is frenetic chaos. Love it, frenetic. That's it. Nice. Thank you very much, Paul. You're welcome. Um, I I do like your choices. They're all very different, which is cool. Thanks, man. They all have. Uh... Yeah, I haven't. I'm yet to play Assemble with Gear, but should it ever arrive on a device that I own, I will buy it immediately. Is it not on Android? No. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, it's. I'm assuming it's got some kind of Apple Arcade exclusivity for the time being. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Be quite good on Switch, though, so you never know. Yeah. Bring yeah. it to Switch, you cowards. Yes, do it. Come on. Right. I guess that does leave me with my Game of the Year choices. I'm going to go. Uh, with what Greg did, I'm going to start with my honorable mentions. First up is Platonic's terrific ukulele and the impossible there. It's everything that ukulele should have been, I think, from the very beginning. There was a lot of talk, obviously, the excitement about a game coming from the Red developers who made Banjo Kazooie. They're all together again. They're making another colorful platformer. Very exciting. The first ukulele didn't live up to expectation, I think, for a lot of people. And so there was like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. But then he announced ukulele and the impossible lair was going to be a 2d ukulele experience and my god it was just awesome uh, my review is up on thingyguns.net for this one and i loved it there was a couple of little things that stopped it from being absolute perfection um it's still got a nine out of ten for me i really loved it it's just full of color it's full of life it's really difficult in places it was a real challenge and it deserves any kind of game of the year thing that it gets, but didn't quite hit the top three for me. But man, what a game. I really, really enjoyed it. A lot of content and humor and heart and the visuals are fantastic. Um, there's nothing better, I think, than a really good looking 2D platformer, especially games that can use the power of the consoles that we have now, but create a 2D game around that kind of visual fidelity. And it's just brilliant. And I really, really enjoyed it. So if you haven't played it yet, I recommend it. Go get it. It's great. Uh, secondly is The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. This one was a real tough one to leave out of my top three because I thought it was going to be right up there. The only reason it's not up there is because it's, you know, it's been out for, what, 30 years. And that's kind of a weird thing about it is because it's essentially the same video game. <laughs> it's essentially the exact same game from beginning to end. It just looks absolutely astonishing and beautiful. It looks like a... Uh, I don't know the visuals they use. What's the word they use? They use it looks like a a three D model on top of a table. I guess that's the best way to describe it. It feels like it's been made by like a, a kid, like remodeling the uh, the Link's Awakening Island, and it's just so much fun to play. And 
there are a little visual issues when it's not running at 60 fps you do notice it and it's a real shame because it kind of takes you out of the experience a little bit but you know there's no denying that that game design and nintendo at the top of their game as ever um i did say in the article that it's one of only four zelda games i've actually beaten in my lifetime and i did it because i really loved it and i wanted to see it through through to the end and I had no idea of what the original was like. This is the first time I'd ever played it. And yeah, I really, really loved it. I had a smile on my face pretty much the entire time. And I think it's probably a system seller. I really genuinely think it's it's that good. I think if you wanted to, if you were owning and ironing about getting a Switch, stuff like Link's Awakening is a reason to go out and get one. So that's my honorable mentions. And my top three games of the year are Erica which I was not expecting. I remember watching the... God, what was it? What award ceremony was it that this was done? Gamescom? I think it was the Game Awards. It wasn't the Game Awards. It was it, it was this year, wasn't it? Um, it was the Gamescom One Night Only. That's it. Nothing. Oh, uh, yeah. One Night Live. Yeah, Erica <laughs> kind of came out of nowhere and said, right, here we are. This game is available now. Go and get it. Uh, so we did. And that same night, I played it with no real expectations and... Just had an absolutely brilliant time. Flavorworks have taken the kind of the FMV style of, say, you know, Wells Interactive stuff like Dr. Decker and things like that. But they've just taken it to another level with Erica. And it's just brilliant from beginning to end. It's not overly long. It's about two hours-ish, I guess, depending on how you play it. There's a lot of different endings. Uh, my first playthrough ended very badly. My second playthrough ended a lot better. My third playthrough ended very well. And there's a lot of different ways of navigating through the game. Uh, the, the central performance of the character Erica by Holly Earl is superb. And the way the story weaves in and out and the interaction, it's just so seamless. You know, whether you're opening a door, opening a present, whether you're drawing something or opening drawers, it just feels like you're there doing it. And because it's live action, it feels that much more immersive. And it's a really, really great experience. And I highly recommend checking it out if you haven't done so already. It released for, what was it, £8 or £9? Something crazy like that. And it's just worth every penny. It's a fantastic, dark, twisted kind of experience. And it's generally creepy at times. And it really freaks you out a little bit. But it's crafted so beautifully that it's absolutely worth the time to check it out. Uh, Secondly is The Outer Worlds. I talked a bit about The Outer Worlds on this podcast before but god i really enjoyed playing a video game again that's the best way to describe the outer worlds i wasn't really all that jazzed about it i wasn't hugely excited about it i remember obviously hearing about it a lot uh, you know award shows and game conventions and things and i was like oh, okay that's that that's coming out that should be quite fun and gave it a pun and i was like holy shit you know it's a video game it has a beginning has an end doesn't have any pre-orders stuff on it doesn't have any dlc doesn't have any microtransactions it's a fucking beginning to end video game and i really really loved it developed by the original guys who made fallout new vegas obsidian entertainment who obviously left bethesda to start their own studio it's really entertaining it's really just exciting all the way through it makes you feel uh, like a real badass depending on how you can play it again you can play it in lots of different ways you can play it as a hero you can play it as a villain you can play it as just a an absolute dick you can kill everyone if you really want to or you can save everyone. And that's a really interesting way of playing a game like this. Um, being able to traverse through planets, being able to have companions. You know, Parvati is probably my favorite game character um, that's been revealed to us this year. 
I really would like my own Parvati to to follow me around and tell me how great I am all the time. It was really helpful to me as I felt like the game was holding me down a bit in certain places. But it's just a really it's a really lovely video game, and I think that more games need to be made like this that are just stone cold video games that don't that aren't feeling under the weight of publisher pressure to add season passes and DLC and muck and actions. Would I welcome DLC for the Outer Worlds? Absolutely. I'd love to go back into that world and play it all over again. There probably won't be any DLC. Again, that's completely fine because that makes the Outer Worlds a real singular experience and I'm very happy about that. I'll take a sequel, bring that on. But um, yeah, the Outer Worlds for me came out of nowhere and really rocked my world this year. And I think 40 or 50 hours later, you know, I'm really missing it. And I'd like to go back in and play it again. Maybe I will soon. But there's, again, the, the different ways you can navigate through the world is it's just so much fun. And it's highly recommended for me. I think it's great. And finally, my the first game that I completed this year was A Plague Tale Innocence. It's a game that isn't really getting the love it deserves, I don't think. I believe it didn't sell all that well. And it means that the developers weren't overly happy. I hear, I understand there's a sequel incoming. Yep. Hell to the yes. Very exciting. It must have sold well enough then for it to have a sequel. That's good. Maybe not as much as people were expecting. Or it deserves to because it's absolutely superb. Uh, it's It kind of came out of nowhere again. A game that was like, oh, that looks amazing. Look at the visuals. And I play it. And yeah, it was one of the most involving, deep, emotional stories that I've had in gaming in years probably since Night of the Woods, actually, or Edith Finch, kind of in that era. And yeah, it's great. You know, you play as a young girl called Amica who has to look after her brother Hugo, who is a ill child, and you have to save him from the British army after they invade the family home. And it's very stealth. It's very stealth and action-orientated. Obviously, the plague tale, the plague of rats is kind of surrounding you at all times. It's quite scary in places. And it's just brutal. It's an intense experience. And there's no real weapons. You kind of have to use um, Amika's kind of mental dexterity to get through the game. There's the odd thing here and there. She's only got a, a slingshot to kind of get her through. And it's just fantastic. I haven't played anything like it in years. And it really hit me hard. And I'm very much looking forward to A Plague Tale 2. This time it's personal. Whatever that will be. But it's uh, a, <laughs> game that, a game that really hit me hard and I love games that kind of have that kind of profound effect on me in the same way that Night in the Woods did and Edith Finch and Firewatch you know Plague Tale is very different to those games but it still had that same kind of resonance and if you haven't heard of it or you haven't yet played it I highly recommend it I believe it's on Game Pass now and hopefully it will come on PS Plus maybe or something soon if not just go and get it anyway because it's a really great experience and it yeah it was my first game of the year and it's been in my top three all year so I can't really say anything better than that unless you want to go read my review over at fingerguns.net and yeah those are my games of the years what a good list do you know what i'm impressed by is like pretty much all of us have different games it's not like double up on like red dead redemption or something like that every game was completely different i like that mm. and that's a, that's the thing about the way that we do it is you know, we don't pick one game as our game of the year. You know, we all we all play such different games that it's it makes sense to represent that in our game of the year discussion. I think absolutely. And yeah, that's what our games are for this year. What a year it's been. Are there any games? I'll go around one by one. Any games that didn't quite make your your honourable mentions or game of the year list that you'd like to 
throw out there, uh, Sean? Uh, you'll have to excuse me. There's like a police helicopter hovering over our house. <laughs> oh, God. What have you done? <laughs> Again? That's very cool. Okay, They're I'll coming ask, uh, for me. I'll ask, uh, I'll ask someone else. Greg? Yeah, Mortal Kombat 11. Really, really enjoyed it. Still do enjoy it every now and then. And it's quite nice seeing all the new characters coming out. It's just, there's not really much you can say about a fighting game. I enjoy it's good fun and it's quite nice dicking around with the customization side of it, like changing costumes and uh, playing around with the augments and stuff like that and the crit mode. But uh, unless you're playing it to be a pro, well, I mean, unless you want to invest many hours into a fighting game, and I have done, it's just not really the appeal to, to call it a game of the year for something that is essentially one on one fighting. But for a one on one fighter, it is a very good follow up, both technically and continuity wise for for the for the series for Mortal Kombat. Uh Paul, I know you struggled with your six, but are there any more? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it probably never be be the case, but I, I really wish that Breakpoint was good enough to be game of the material because I was really I mean the the first Ghost Recon game was so good um but flawed. I was really hoping the sequel would fix everything and then it could have possibly gave be game of the year but for some reason, it got worse. Who does that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, uh, I'm a bit gutted by that one because that was uh, one game this year I was looking forward to because I love a bit of Ubisoft Overworld. You know that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but it's got worse than the, the first game. So I'll come back to playing the first game and sold the second game. So, yeah, I'm a bit gutted by that. But, you know, yeah, we're going to do Sean? Um, there's, there's a lot of games that I, I kind of wished I'd played this year. So uh, Disco Elysium... Uh, Hypnospace Outlaw. There's there's a ton of games which I was really looking forward to, uh, like Manifold Garden. I just like genuinely haven't had the time or or you know the the capability of playing a lot of the games that I really wanted to play this year. Because I imagine if I had played these games, I think I mean Disco Elysium. I honestly called it that it would be a game of the year contender when I first played it like two and a half years ago, and. You know, there's a lot of mentioning about a game of the year now, and I really kind of wish I'd made time to play it this year. And you know, if we do it like a, a revision, you know, sometime in the future, I'm I'm hopefully will have played that because there's so many good games that came out this year, um, that it's just been, and it's just been a, a, an awesome year for games. And unlike Greg, kind of Mortal Kombat uh, 11, I enjoyed that immensely, but also over time it started to get really stale. It's, it is one of the best, most balanced fighters I have ever played. There isn't a character that I don't think isn't really good. But then when that happens, it's quite difficult to get good at. And I got really fed up of getting my ass handed to me by 11-year-olds. So <laughs> it's not on my list. You're still talking about video games, yeah? Yeah, oh. yeah. But yeah, it's like this year's been amazing for video games and next year's probably going to be just as good. Um, so... Wait, it's awesome for everybody. I think we're going to need to do a game of the year in like May, aren't we? I mean, the thing is, everybody knows next gen's coming out, and everybody wants to put their games out before the next gen consoles get announced because then people start saving. So yeah. we've now got an estimation of when they're going to get announced. You know, Oof. it's probably going to be the end of April. And oh, boy. but that those first four months of the year are going to be so bad. And when I say bad, I mean so good. Yeah, so good, <laughs> but so bad. <laughs> Yeah, so um, just just to let you know, we will be selling kidneys. If anyone would like a kidney, mm-hmm. um, mine's not in particularly good nick. But I mean, I'm pretty sure Greg's got a good kidney. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've been sort of thrown on it and punched and kicked in them a lot. So, uh, 
Okay. Well, I mean, we've got old old kidneys from Paul. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, old but good. Man. Old, but, old but good. Weathered. Um, <laughs> weathered kidneys. Weathered kidneys. Jermaine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to need some money for next year. Okay, so yeah. body parts now up for sale. If anybody knows like two thousand people that want to sign up to our Patreon, then just uh, <laughs> let them know. Yeah, all we need is a retweet from Ninja. Come on, Ninja. Come on. <laughs> oh Come on, God, Come on we've Tyler. Sunk, we've sunk that low. Come on, Jeff Keeley. Come on, Doctor Disrespect. <laughs> What's going on? We're influencers now, folks. <laughs> Come on, Pewds. What are you doing, boy? Pewds. <laughs> Oh, too busy God. making dodgy videos, isn't he? Oh, God. What a world we live in. All right. My kind of almost made it but didn't was Ape Out. Um, oh, yeah. Which is a Devolver Switch game, which is just fucking superb. Um, I called it the best game ever, probably, in my review, which didn't go down well with people, to be honest, because gamers are dramatic assholes. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I really, really, really love that game. Apparently not enough. And Shenmue 3, obvs. I know what Shenmue is. is isn't a game of the year. I was going to say, no one's, no one's going to counterbalance you on that and go, oh, surely not. <laughs> <laughs> or no one's going to agree with you either. I love it. I know what its flaws are. It's not a game of the year. It's just a, a game I love. There you go. I, w- I was very surprised that the uh, reversible action game that we see on the Switch, is it Zero? Oh, Katana Zero. Katana Zero. Yeah, uh, that was that was nearly there as well. Yeah. You've, you've had a lot of really good indie games this year. Yeah, huh. yeah. yeah. The, the Switch has killed it for indie games this year, yet again. I'm just glad that I bided my time, and a lot of them are coming to other consoles. Yeah, I really would love Pedro on PS4 because with that extra power behind it, I think it would look awesome. Oh yeah, but I'll settle for a, I'll settle for a bit on Game Pass for now. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Right then, let's move on. Those are our games of the year. Let us know what your games of the year is slash are. It's always fascinating to hear. <laughs> if you agree with us, and if you don't, you probably don't agree with us. Of course you don't. Why would you? Just a uh, just a quick side chat because I was having a look on the on the site. Oh yeah, by the way, we've got a website. Um, just having a look at what I reviewed this year, and I forgot I had that fucking awful Metal Wolf Chaos that everyone else seems to love. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Devolver, the Devolver handed you your ass, didn't they, on Twitter? Oh, when yeah, when Devolver sassed me on Twitter. Yeah, yes. I, I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> anyway, it's a, shit, it's right. a terrible game, and I, I don't. Know, I know. Uh, just, uh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. 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 I don't want to have a heart attack. Oh. Oh. Dry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's move on to the quiz answers with Mr. Sean Davies. Um, can't just interject very quickly. Bad time of the month that usually is. Could you just quickly read question ten for me? I'll quickly scribble something down. <laughs> then I have a full answers in. Nah. If you if you weren't here, you don't get to play. Oh. If, you the, if you missed the question. Okay. Nah, question. That's not fair. All right. Question 10. Which game won Game of the Year from the Golden Joystick Awards all the way back in 1986? Was it Centipede? Okay, I I was going to play a trick on you, but I can't do it to you, Paul, because it would be too cruel. The actual answers are, was it A, The Legend of Zelda, B, Gauntlet, or C, Alex Kidd in Miracle World? You son of a bitch. I was, I was so tempted, but then, you know, I've been mean to you in the past, and it didn't go down well. So I'm just going to not be mean to you, okay? Oh, you can be mean to me if you like, it's fine. No, mate, the last go time I was mean to you, fine. somebody created a Twitter account and hounded me for six months. <laughs> so, so screw that. I'm not being mean to you. Okay. You know, it's just died it? down now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't are know. You, are you guys ready? Yeah. 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 
Okay, question one. Was it A, God of War, B, Forza Horizon 4, or Red Dead Redemption 2? I'm going to go God of War. Uh, you would be incorrect. Oh, snap. It was actually Red Dead Redemption Red Dead 2. Because, of course, it was. Because people... Uh, question two. <laughs> <laughs> bloody, bloody Brexit. Uh, question two. According to Metacritic, which company published the average best games in 2018? Roscoe? Was it A, Sega, B, Capcom, or C, Nintendo? It has to be Capcom, isn't it? Surely. It is Capcom. Yeah, because yeah. they had Resi and... No, they didn't, but they had Monster Hunter, didn't they? Monster and... Hunter, and they did have a Resi. It was Resi 1, wasn't it? Really? Oh, the HD... Yeah. No, wait, yeah. Okay. I mean, Monster Hunter uh, outsold everything, didn't it? It was massive. Much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so question three, in 2017, which gaming platform had the best average Metacritic score? Paul, was it A, the PS4, B, the Nintendo Switch, C, the PC, or D, the Xbox One? Well, I'll take a punt, PS4. It's not the PS4. That's it was actually PC. Oh. Oh. I suppose on average, yeah, because there is a million games that come out a year for PC, isn't there? Yeah, but I mean, it's weird that they average higher, just, you know, because there's got to be so many crap games released. Anyway, <laughs> question four. According to Metacritic, what was the best game of 2016? Uh, Greg, was it Overwatch? Was it B, Inside? Or was it C, Uncharted 4? I, it rings some bells, but I think I want to say Overwatch because it's just one of those ones that took quite a lot of um, high praise, isn't it? It did, but it wasn't but as not... high praise as ah. Uncharted 4. Yeah. You're so close. There was two points in that as well. Oh. Question five. According to the average Metacritic score, what company published the best games in 2016? Roscoe, was it A, Sony? Was it B, Telltale Games? Or was it C, Sega? I'm going to go for... Sega. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if, I don't even know what they released that year. It's pro something to do with Yakuza. That's released every kind of month, isn't it, or something? I don't know. I remember looking through the list of games and I was like, I don't know half of these, but they've reviewed incredibly well. And then the ones that I did know, they were like uh, just ridiculously high, like Yakuza. So, yeah, surprising yeah. one. Question six. According to the cumulative Metacritic score, what was the best game of 2014? Paul, was it Grand Theft Auto V, Super Smash Bros. for Wii U, or The Last of Us Remastered? Oh, Law of Averages, GTA V. Correct. Uh, okay, question seven. Which game won the game BAFTA for best game in 2018? Greg, was this Horizon Zero Dawn, B, Hellblade, or C, What Remains of Edith Finch? It was Edith Finch. It was Edith Finch, correct. Uh, question eight. Such great what- bias. <laughs> <laughs> I've only I'm probably the last one of us to play it. I know. I haven't, hasn't played it yet, so you're right. Oh, um, you should. Really should. Okay. Right, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, question eight: Which console manufacturer was recently recognised by the Guinness Book of Records <laughs> as the company that has sold the most consoles of all time? Uh, Roscoe was this a Nintendo, B Atari, or C Sony? Sony. Yes, it was Sony. They've got the mm. highest, the top two selling consoles, haven't they? Yeah, it was a really easy question after I thought about it, but I thought, I'll leave it in there. Because <laughs> the PS4 um, is only losing to the PS2 of all consoles. <laughs> That's true. Um, question nine, which developer won the award for developer of the year at the 2015 Game Awards hosted by Jeff Keighley? Greg, was it A, CD Projekt Red, yep. B, From Software, or C, Nintendo? It was Project Red because of The Witcher 3. 
That is correct. Yeah, CD Project Red. Okay, and question ten. I'm asking this to you, Paul. CD so you're the only person that was alive to witness it. Um, <laughs> 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 what game won the Game of the Year from the Golden Joystick Awards all the way back in 1986? Was it A. The Legend of Zelda, B. Gauntlet, or C. Alex Kidd in Miracle World? I've no idea, but I put Legend of Zelda because it's the best game. Out at the time, I guess. Well, surprisingly, Gauntlet won. Motherfucks! I, I know. Do you know. Do you know how I knew that? Because I remember when when one of the Gauntlets came out on the Xbox or the PS2, whatever it was, and it was award winning. And I remember us sort of saying in the store, "What was it won?" And our ma- manager <laughs> was like, "Oh, it won a golden joystick." And I remember being like, "I don't remember the golden joysticks being around that long." And yeah, it was stuck in my mind. I know it wasn't Alex Kidd because that game was fucking nails. <sighs> Okay, then. Uh, well, tot up your scores, and we shall see if the tiebreaker is required. Let's start with Roscoe. What have you got this week? Seven. A nice seven. Greg? Not seven. Eight? No. Hang on. Uh, Nine? No, lower. One, two, three, four. It wasn't Last of Us. It wasn't Sony. It wasn't Overwatch. No, wait. Was it Overwatch? That... Was it... was question four Overwatch? No. No, it was something else. Then I got one, two, three, five. Five. Paul, can you best or match seven? I've got eight. You are kidding me. But uh, in, the, in the kind of thing of honesty, question eight, I put Sony, crossed it out, put Atari, crossed it out, and then put Sony again. Now, in, in, the, in the spirit of honesty, I wanted to put that forward, and if you think I could get the point, then I'll take the point. If not, no. I've got seven. Let, let, no, what do you mean? Let, let, no, no, no. Let me ask you this question, right? When did you cross it out? Was it after I gave you the answer? Because <laughs> <laughs> that makes a difference, Paul. <laughs> well, no, it absolutely was not. It was, it was all the way through the quiz. I crossed it out. I wasn't sure. I thought I thought Atari because it'd be we're one gonna, of those weird questions filming. like red herrings. But then you know, I thought, no, it must be Sony. Then, you know, whatever. Okay, we will give you that point then. And that makes you the winner for this week. Thank you very much. We're going to have to start recording ourselves doing the answers, aren't we? Yeah. For posterity. If you're interested, the tiebreaker was all about the the oldest ever game awards, and I'm going to save that one for another time, maybe. I'll go on well, do it now. Go on. Save it for one time when I won't get into the. Uh, okay, yeah. just for fun then. So yeah, check this one away. The first ever game awards were called the Arcade Awards, hosted by Electronic Games. In what year were the first winners announced? You got a punt on this. 1998. 82. <laughs> Close, Moscow. He's going to say 81 now, isn't he? <laughs> 83 it was 1980 ah uh, see winner bloody hell 1980 and they were given out game awards and so that was this week's quiz but right. if you did play along as home please do let us know how you got on on twitter and whatsapp or just dm me and tell us how many beat poor by thanks <laughs> all right really beat me by many because i sucked on that one next time more greg bias don't you worry oh thanks <laughs> fucking hell right very, very quickly, we're just going to finish off on what's coming out this week. December 13th, Dead End Job is finally releasing boop, boop. on Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One, I presume, as well. Everywhere. Dum, 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 dead end job. Uh, Detroit Become Human is out on Thursday for PC. If Commiserations. Terribly sorry about that. Wattam, W-A-T-T-A-M, the awesome, awesome game is coming December 17th to PS4 and PC and Switch and everywhere else. Um, Untitled Goose Game, as we've said earlier, is coming out to PS4 and Xbox One on December 17th. And yeah, that's about it. It's that time of year, you know, it happens. So yeah, Dead End Job, Untitled Goose Game are your big ones. And Wattom, obviously, are your big ones for this week. 
Well, that does bring our Game of the Year episode to an end, and it's been quite a bumper episode. I do like a bumper episode. Join us next week for our Christmas episode. Ah, every festive oh, episode. It's going to be lovely. I'm going to have a uh, Christmas theme. going to change the music. It's going to be great. Uh-huh. See how unenthused it'll, everyone is for our, our first, Christmas no, episode. It'll be, it'll be our first Christmas podcast, won't it? It will be our very first Christmas podcast. How exciting is that? <laughs> ah, And it'll be our last one for the year. So we're going to make it a good one. So look forward to that. Don't forget, you can follow us everywhere. Finger Guns at FNGRGNS on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fingergunsuk. You can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net. You can subscribe to us there if you have Twitch Prime. Do it. It'll be amazing. Thank you very much indeed. And of course, you can follow us on Patreon if you do like what we do that much. You can give us $1 a month to keep this podcast train moving. Thank you very much indeed. It's Christmas after all. It is the time to give and not take. You know what I mean? That'd be really nice of you. Thank you very much indeed. Until next time for our big old Christmas spectacular. It is goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Goodbye. Goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. Goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett. Ta-ta. And a goodbye from me. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. (laughs) 